0: Hello, my friend, welcome back to the club. How are you today? We are gonna be diving in to protein. I feel like we talk a lot about fats and carbs, and yet the macronutrient that I plan my meals around and recommend that you plan your meals around is protein. Carbohydrates and fats are the ones that we manipulate more. You know, those are the ones we're gonna change up more and tweak maybe based on your your health, your weight, your goals, your energy, maybe even the time of the year, you know, seasonally speaking. Right now in the Christian Health Club, which is my online membership group, we're spending the month of June really dialing in our macronutrients. I'm helping everybody reset their ratios for the summer, and we're gonna do a track your max challenge. Um, you know, so we're going to track our macronutrients, which if you know me and you listen to this podcast at all, (laughs) you'll know that anything to do with tracking and counting and math is not my thing. However, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not useful. It's actually a great accountability tool. And I know a lot of people that do like to use apps like MyFitnessPal or carb manager or something like that to keep track of their food their calories and their macronutrient ratios i encourage people to do that if it's helpful and i also don't think it's a bad idea for those of us who don't really like to do it to go ahead and do it every once in a while you know just to check in and make sure we are where we think we are and that we're getting Um, those ratios of macronutrients in the appropriate amounts. Um, And also, you know, I just want to make sure that people who are tracking are on the right track when they do it, you know, to make sure that they've accurately calculated calorie needs and macronutrient ratios you know, some of those apps have a default setting for calories or macronutrient ratios. And so people will often log in and just kind of blindly follow those without taking into account more personal health needs. So I'm helping my peeps get that all worked out. And so I thought it would be good, since it's all in my brain, to talk about it um, some with you here today. Um, So, you know, like I said, it's really carbs and fats that we're gonna manipulate the most. But for protein, that's more of our steady eddy. You know, that's the one we're gonna keep pretty consistent. We're usually looking to target about 20, 30% of our diet to come from protein. Um, and usually I'm more in the 25 to 30% range. And, you know, when I'm talking protein, I'm really talking about animal proteins. Plant proteins are actually carbohydrates that have some protein in them, but they are not nearly as efficiently utilized in the body as animal proteins. And so we're going to talk about that today. Protein is so super important. It is what builds your body. It is the macronutrient of muscle. It is the one that's going to be the biggest game changer when it comes to your body composition. When you combine targeted protein with you know, exercise, especially resistance training, it is magical for the shape and the health of your body. Protein is the macronutrient of satiety, meaning it's the one that's gonna make you feel most full and satisfied, and the macronutrient that's gonna help you not overeat. Many people think that fat is the most satiating macronutrient. And while it is filling, you can also overdo fat, you know, you can overeat it. If you've ever grabbed more bacon or nuts or guacamole than you need, <laughs> more than is a reasonable portion. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, fats are delicious. And you can easily want more because it tastes so good. And you know, whereas protein, you know, also delicious is just the least likely macronutrient macronutrient that you're going to overdo. I mean, you can only eat so much fish or steak or chicken, right? And so when there is plenty of well-utilized protein in the diet, it is going to help prevent you from overeating. Now, I've really been diving into protein lately, um, the study of it and the eating of it. (laughs) I've just really been trying to be more intentional about getting sufficient protein in my body. Plus, I think protein is about to have kind of a moment you know, a little comeback on the dietary scene. Um, I've seen that brewing for a couple of years now. And usually when things are on my radar or other holistic nutritionist radar, you know, because we will see what's the coming studies and trends and the experts that are up and coming well before they'll hit the mainstream. I can remember telling friends like at least four years ago that Um, Keto, you know, was going to be the next big thing and fat was going to be all the rage. And I remember telling them, you know, just don't feel like you have to go extreme just because it's the next new, you know, diet on the scene. Um, But now I foresee protein, you know, becoming the new darling macronutrient, because there always has to be a macronutrient celebrity, y'all, you know, we can't just have this balanced approach because it's not sexy, you know, there's nothing to sell, we can't hype a diet and we can't create products around it. And so I feel like the dietary world kind of circles through and hyper focuses on each macronutrient, you know, like carbs used to be all the rage for so many years, if you you know, lived through the 80s and 90s, and even the early uh, 2000s, you know, we were told to eat so many carbs, which has really led to so many of our health problems today, diabetes and heart disease and such. Um, But you know, we got that balanced out right now, you know, we took fat from being this total villain to being the superstar. And so you know, that really came with keto. But now I feel like keto is dying down a little bit. It's not, you know, it's not as Um, popular as it was, although I think a lot of people still do keto, but as it kind of dies down, I feel like protein is gonna pick back up. And another reason I wanted to do this podcast now is, I think we're also in this hyper focused, like plant based mania, you know, and not that I'm against plants. I mean, I love plant foods, and I want you to get down on your veggies, and fruits and other healthy you know, plant based foods, if they work for you, Um, you know, veggies, fruits, you know, grains, a lot of, you know, vegetarians, um, and plant based people rely on some of that. Um, But a lot of people can't handle grains. You know, our guts are are quite compromised these days. And so, um, so I'm very much in favor of getting a nice balance. Of foods from both the plant and the animal kingdoms you know as God so generously provided and laid out for us in Genesis 1 and Genesis 9 3 I feel like every time we see Jesus in a food scene in the Bible it's with fish and bread <laughs> have you ever noticed that um, and maybe some wine um, and when the Israelites were wandering the wilderness you know all those years what food did God provide he provided meat and bread. It was quail, you know, quail and manna. And, you know, it wasn't like God was like, Okay, here's your, you know, meat and Brussels sprouts or your manna, and your um, and your broccoli, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it was meat and bread. And I, I know you'd probably love for me to talk about bread, but we will tackle bread another day. It's its whole own deal, right? Um, But let's for now, just kind of take notice of this balance, where there is um, animal source protein present. It's not like biblical people were vegetarians. So let's just kind of read since we're talking about um, God providing the meat in the manna. Let's just read that from Exodus in Exodus three. Well, no, it's not Exodus three. I can't remember which chapter this is out of, but in Exodus, it says, you know, the Israelites said to them, and to them, we're talking about Moses and Aaron, they said, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. (laughs) It's so dramatic. Okay, so the Lord responded, he said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites, tell them at twilight, you will eat meat. And in the morning, you will be filled with bread, then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. So when I talk about this kind of thing, I'm going to always include the caveat that there are valid therapeutic reasons for eliminating food groups, you know, going vegetarian or keto or even carnivore. But the bottom line is for the mainstream, we are designed to utilize both plant and animal foods. Each has their strength in what they offer the body. You know, plants are better at providing some things and animals are better at providing others. And one of the things that animal foods are superior to providing are amino acids and you know, amino acids are what make up the proteins, that is really what we're going for when we're talking about eating protein foods. So um, there are 22 amino acids, okay, that the body uses to make proteins to build all kinds of things in your body, it's the building blocks of your body. But of those 22, amino acids, only eight of them are classified as essential. Okay, there are eight essential amino acids. And from those eight, the body can actually make the remaining 14. So it's really super critical that we get those eight essential amino acids. Um, When we say essential, it means that obviously we must get them, our body needs them. But that it is essential that we eat them. That is the only way that we're going to get them. Because see, our body can make, you know, when it comes to those amino acids, our body can use the essential eight and make the rest of them. Our body does that in a lot of ways. You know, it can make certain vitamins and minerals from the raw materials of other vitamins and minerals. That's a lot of what our um, gut bacteria does for us. And so there are certain things that you don't just have to eat directly or if we're not getting enough that, you know, the body can kind of pick up some slack and make some of that for us. But when when we're talking about the essential amino acids, that means you've got to put it in your mouth through food or supplements. Okay, and it's critical that we get those eight essential amino acids in the right quantity and proportion, not only to make the rest of the amino acids, um but just really to set our bodies up to be able to use them um, and become protein the protein that builds our body and we need sufficient protein for pretty much every aspect part function of our body you know the brain and the nervous system detoxification and healing digestion immunity hormones cell function bone health all kinds of stuff so as I was really just kind of diving into more information about protein, I read this book um, by a doctor, um, the book is called the, the search for the perfect protein. And the doctor's name is Dr. Minkoff. And um, he makes some pretty bold statements in his book, and I'm going to read them to you. He says, all people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome are protein malnourished all depressed people and people with anxiety are protein malnourished. All osteoporotic patients are protein malnourished. All patients with cancer are protein malnourished. All patients with autoimmune diseases like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis are protein malnourished. All patients with sleep disorders are protein malnourished. All Parkinson's patients, are protein malnourished and all Alzheimer's dementia patients are protein malnourished. That's pretty bold, pretty eye opening coming from this doctor. Now what's interesting about him is that he used to be a vegetarian. He is also an athlete, he has completed the Ironman like 42 times. If you don't know what that is, it's like a triathlon on steroids. It's insane in the membrane. don't even know why people do that. (laughs) Of course, I'm not a runner. Um, But it's like doing a marathon and a swim, you know, an extreme swim and bike ride, it is just hardcore. And so this doctor, you know, found that his health and his performance, proved to be so much better and so much more robust, and he recovered so much better. And he just, you know, all around in health and his um, athletic pursuits, He did so much better when he added back in animal foods. Um, But you know, as he did this, he got really focused in on amino acid utilization. And he's helped 1000s of his patients overcome serious health problems by helping them optimize this as well. Okay. Um, And so like I said, his book, The Search for the Perfect Protein dives into this concept of how our bodies utilize or don't utilize amino acids to make the proteins we need in our bodies. So according to Dr. Minkoff, we're not getting near the protein we think we are. It can be deceiving to look at the back of a package or carton or whatever it is and you know, see that protein amount Um, and think that that's exactly the protein that we're absorbing in our body. But Dr. Minkoff said that's not the case. He said, we can look at the back of a yogurt carton and think we're getting 14 grams of protein when we're actually only utilizing about 16% of that. A can of tuna may say, you know, 20 grams of protein, but we're only utilizing about 33% of that. Only, you know, 33% of that is usable. And y'all, those are from animal sources. The amino acid utilization from plant foods is even less Um, spirulina, for instance, is a green plant protein food that some people, you know, rely on as a protein source, but it only gets about 6% utilization. That means 94% is not utilized as a protein. Um, And get this. Whole eggs, they're at the top of the list as far as amino acid utilization goes. They are utilized at a 48% rate, but egg whites only get about 17% utilization rate. I mean, that is a huge difference. And so, you know, I always see people, you know, either throwing out their egg yolks because they're worried about cholesterol or fat or whatever. I mean, that's a huge mistake because there's all the nutrition is in the yolk. But a lot of people will do that um, and eat extra egg whites because they want the protein. But, you know, according to this, you're not utilizing that as efficiently when when you separate it, it's the whole food, that whole egg that makes your body really recognize all of those, you know, the amino acids to be able to use the protein more efficiently. Okay, so the key is really having these eight essential amino acids present and in present in the kind of the right proportion to each other um, to be utilized most efficiently, and we find that most well done in animal sources of food. Okay, so you might be wondering, okay, well, what happens to that other percentage? You know, of the protein that's not being utilized well. Well, Dr. Minkoff explains that there are two pathways that amino acids will be processed, okay? When it gets to the cell, it'll be the anabolic pathway or the catabolic pathway. Anabolic means to build up, catabolic means to break down. So when the amino acids are absorbed, assimilated, utilized down the anabolic or building up pathway then they are used to make the protein that your body needs at that time. So it might be a protein to make a hormone, an enzyme, a piece of hair, a neurotransmitter. Okay, but so whenever whenever it's going through that anabolic pathway and your body's ready to make that protein and you know, that presence of the essential amino acids are there and kind of all the stars are aligning, it's going to use it and utilize it well. What is not utilized goes down the catabolic pathway and is broken down into carbohydrates that can be used as fuel or into nitrogen, which is a waste product excreted by the urine. Okay, so a lot of what you think you are eating as a protein will often be processed like a carbohydrate. And so that body, the body does have that ability to make carbs from proteins, it's called gluconeogenesis. You know, it's interesting, you know, you may have heard that there are essential amino acids, like I just told you, you know, there, there are essential amino acids that we must get through food and supplement, or supplement. Um, it's always better through real food, obviously, there are essential fatty acids. But there are no essential carbohydrates. There is no essential glucose Um, so to speak, because your body can make glucose, it can make sugar from proteins if it needs to. Okay. Um, So I think that's interesting that there are essential amino acids, we absolutely must get through our diet, there are essential fatty acids that we absolutely must get through diet. Um, But they're not essential carbohydrates. I'm not saying we don't need carbohydrates. I mean, they offer us Um, vitamins and minerals and fiber and that kind of thing. But it's just something to be aware of and, you know, be noted. Um, You know, and I forgot to mention earlier when I'm talking about the utilization. um, Another thing I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will drink whey protein shakes or plant protein shakes. And those get a pretty poor utilization rate, you know, a whey protein shake only gets about 16% of the of of the amino acids, um, you know, that are going to be used for protein synthesis. So 84% of that is more utilized as a carb. And I hate to say it. But you know, he says that um, collagen is not that much better, you know, that collagen does not have all of the essential amino acids. And so therefore, um, some of that is going to be processed more like a carbohydrate and used as fuel. Now, that doesn't mean I'm gonna stop eating using collagen Um, I've seen it you know work well for so many people you know people really um, have a noticeable difference in their in their skin or in their hair and really in joint in their joint pain it can really really help alleviate that and so I'm not saying I'm never gonna you know not have collagen again but um I think it's important you know to be aware of this now here's something else that's super interesting we understand proteins to be four calories per gram. Okay, so with the macronutrients, proteins are four calories per gram, carbohydrates are also four calories per gram, and fats are nine calories per gram. And it's why a lot of people, you know, were scared into avoiding fats for so many years because if you were chasing calories, then you were warned not to eat the macronutrient that had the most calories to it. You know, fats have double the calories per gram as protein and carbohydrates. But we know, you know, I hope you know, I hope you've learned here by now, that not all calories are equal. A calorie is not a calorie. There is a difference in the way, you know, 200 calories of avocado and 200 calories of steak and 200 calories of pasta behave in the body you know, they're triggering hormones in different ways. And so, you know, that's one thing. But Dr. Minkoff also says that proteins are only four calories per gram when the amino acids go down that catabolic pathway and result in being used as a carbohydrate. But if if they go down the anabolic pathway, the building up pathway, and are actually used to build as a protein to build something in the body that it's not worth any calories. So I think that's kind of fascinating. And like I said, what plays a huge role in how amino acids are utilized, down which pathway they travel, has to do with whether or not the eight essential amino acids are present and present in the right quantity and proportion to each other. You know, again, that is gonna come most efficiently from animal sources of food. Now I'm going to tell you, because a lot of nutrition nerds like me—if <laughs> you're like me—you might run out and want to get Dr. Minkoff's book, which is great. You know, it's a good one. I learned a lot from it; lots of good info. Um, but he, you know, in talking about this essential amino acids, he talks a lot about supplementation because he has a product. And you know, I think part of the reason he wrote the book is to inform people about essential amino acids and then, you know, create a platform to sell his product which is, you know, which is fine. Um, and I think in the right context, essential amino acids can be a useful, useful supplement. And, you know, it's funny, because I just got this question on my thoughts about branch chain amino acids, BCAAs, which a lot of people in the fitness world will take for, you know, you know, boosting protein, take it for muscle recovery, but honestly, I think if you're going to supplement, why not go with the essential amino acids, you know, which have the optimal proportion of those 8 essentials that you need and you get more bang for your buck. Branch chain amino acids only have 3 of the essential amino acids, and so again, to be most optimally utilized as protein, all 8 essential amino acids need to be present, you know, at the same time in the right proportions. It was so funny that i got that question about um bcaas from rachel on facebook hey rach um i got that and then in within like 24 hours i got another question about protein from a guy named jack and he was asking about animal proteins and if it would be best for him to eat them sparingly and focused more on a vegetable and starch based diet. And I was just right in the middle of prepping for this podcast and it it was good. I loved those questions. It was the perfect timing for those to come in. Um, and it was also confirmation for me that I was on the right track, you know, with the information I'm bringing you because I, I just really want to bring you information that you find interesting, helpful, that you're wondering about, you know, I like to anticipate, you know, what you might be, interested in, but I also like to hear from you, you know, and please tell me what you would like to hear. So I'll tell you what I told Jack, you know, it's the same thing I've been telling you is that I wouldn't eat more carbs and, you know, shirk away from protein. Um, Jack said he is 62 years old, and he is a pretty heavy runner. He runs a lot and feels like he needs a lot of carbs to fuel those many miles that he's running each week. But Jack, man, you know, for health and longevity, you're gonna need some muscle. Athletic running is hard on a body, and your best recovery macronutrient is going to be protein. And quite honestly, it's gonna come from animal protein. And you know, don't forget that your body can use um fat for fuel as well. When you become fat adapted and you're metabolically flexible, your body can tap into both um sources of energy um well. So there's another doctor doctor that I've been following. Her name is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. And she's one of those ones I feel like that's gonna be an up and coming expert that we're paying attention to. I would have loved to get her on the podcast, but I'm just not fancy enough <laughs> to have her. She's like seriously making the rounds with all the big wigs around the world. Um, but that's okay. I can still share some nuggets that I've learned from her. Um, One thing I like about Dr. Lyon's background is that she has completed clinical research and a fellowship in nutritional sciences in geriatrics. And she comes from this very interesting perspective of what she calls, you know, the end of life, you know, working with these geriatric patients. And she says that after being at the bedside of so many elderly patients wasting away from sarcopenia, which is muscle loss, she practically considers it criminal. For health prof- professionals to recommend less meat in the diet. You know, when you come from that end of life and that death perspective, and, you know, she said she witnessed just a, a real common bottom line in people um, that were failing to thrive due to lack of skeletal muscle. And so that's had a huge impact on the direction of her medical practice, and it shaped her ph- philosophy on what she calls muscle centric medicine. She calls muscle the organ of longevity, and says having that robust skeletal muscle is not only the key to long term health and vitality as we age, but it's also the key for metabolism and body composition and healthy hormones right now. I also like, um, and think it's interesting that her husband is a Navy SEAL. And so she works with a lot of elite military people in addition to her regular Patient load of sarcopenic and metabolically challenged people. So I like this background that she has, you know, um, of high performance and metabolism, and then this, you know, this aging process, this longevity process. And so I've just really enjoyed following her and and getting some good insight. I, I listened to a podcast with her and her husband, the Navy SEAL, and it's so funny because, I mean, she's even. A more hardcore meat eater than her husband is, and she eats a pretty high protein diet, more so than he does, comparatively speaking. You know, compared comparatively speaking for uh, their size and body weight. Um, but you know, one thing I've heard her say, which I think is fascinating too, is that be- muscle is um, is also you know this organ of metabolism, an important organ of metabolism. And that it's not that you necessarily get fat first, it's that you don't have enough muscle in place to start with. So she says it's really a matter of being under muscled instead of over fat. And one of the best things that you can do to really um, you know, get your metabolism back on track is to get enough protein in your body And so she recommends, and you know, I think this is a pretty good um, target fair amount. She recommends getting 30 grams of protein per meal and that it's, you know, it's really good to, to space out that protein throughout the day and really get it per meal because it really helps that metabolic response. You know, protein and fats are what help balance out the carbs and help them from being you know, turning into blood sugar um, so quickly in the body and just kind of slamming into your system as sugar helps kind of keep that grounded and help keep things um, balanced. So 30 grams of protein per meal, but y'all I mean, that can be that can be tough to get, you know, unless you're intentional about it, you know, there are there are quite a few health professionals that recommend getting even more than that, you know, upwards of 100 grams, a day. And some even say that especially if you have a a weight goal um, to get get as many grams of protein as your goal weight. So for instance, say you were a 200 pound woman, but your goal weight is 150 pounds, you would eat 150 grams of protein a day. That's a lot of protein, <laughs> That's a lot of protein, y'all. And um, Now, I haven't heard Dr. Lyon talk much about amino acid utilization. In fact, I've often heard her recommend branch chain amino acids. Um, So, you know, I think I think what she's really trying to do is just get to the mainstream and just really bring this message out that protein is important. Having enough skeletal muscle is important, and she's not getting in the weeds so much, you know, with getting into the amino acid utilization, and all that kind of thing, she just wants people to eat enough protein, um, you know, do some resistance training, get some exercise and really build that skeletal muscle for long term health. Um, You know, so there's that. Um, But, you know, I do think that if we are really wanting our bodies to get enough of the amino acids that will be utilized efficiently, then we are going to have to get a pretty good amount of protein in the body um, to do that. And so that it is prudent to, um, to get plenty in in the diet. So there's more material to work with. Now, let's talk about the RDA for protein, which is the recommended daily allowance. Okay, that the recommended daily allowance is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And I don't know why they use kilograms. But anyway, a kilogram is a little over two pounds. So that would mean that the RDA for a 150 pound woman would be like 54 grams of protein a day. Okay. The important thing to know about the RDA is that that is not our goal target. Okay, the RDA is like the minimum amount that you need to get to prevent illness and disease. It's like the bare bones, it's like the baseline, like you don't want to go under that, you need to get at least that much. You know, but that doesn't mean it's optimal, we actually want to be getting more um, if we want to enjoy a great metabolism right now and good health down the road, right? Um, and again, the more that you, you know, kind of spray space out your protein evenly among the day um, you're going to get the best metabolic results. And as I mentioned earlier, protein is going to be the most filling macronutrient. It's going to help naturally prevent you from overeating fats and carbs when there is enough present in the meal. Okay, so that's good. That kind of takes us back in a circle. You know, we kind of went the circle here. We're kind of back where we started, um, where I started the podcast today. Um that it's a great idea to prioritize protein when you're thinking about your meals and planning your meals. Um, quite honestly, you know, when my kids like when I'm when, whether I'm pra- planning our family meals, or, you know, we're packing their lunches for school, um, or, you know, I have told them quite often, you know, eat your protein first, I really want you to get that down. I mean, honestly, more than their veggies more than anything, I really want them to get their proteins in the body, I want them to have all the building blocks to make all the things. <laughs> you know, I do not want them to be deficient um, in protein. And so they pretty well do that and they enjoy protein. So that's helpful. Um, so, you know, you want to make protein, like I said, you know, kind of that steady eddy, that steady eddy macronutrient and build your meal around it. And like I said, as far as much, you know, how much you should eat? Well, you know, it, it's probably more than you're getting now. <laughs> so um, I would first of all, pay attention to that. Be aware, how much are you getting right now? You know, do you need to increase it? Um, getting 90 to 100 grams may feel, feel overwhelming to you. Um, but just start kind of layering in more and being aware and trying to be more intentional about it. You know, even if you don't quite get that much, you're moving in the right direction. For me, getting 25% of my diet from protein um, comes out to about 95 grams a day. If I'm going for 30% um, of my diet from protein, that looks more like 113 grams per day. Okay. And of course, you know, that's based on my individual caloric needs, you know, based on my basal metabolic rate and like I said, y'all know, I don't like calorie counting and all that stuff. But if you are going to track your food and macronutrients, you need an accurate baseline of what that is. And so if you don't know how to calculate that for yourself, um, you can go to my website at the Christian and search for calculating calorie needs. Um, or just, you know, search calorie in the search bar, or you can go to the show notes for this podcast episode. And I will link to that post on my website so you can find it And there. um, I walk you through how to calculate your calorie needs. Okay, it's how many calories you need per day. And then from there, you can figure out your macronutrient ratios and how many um, calories from each macronutrient and how many grams per day that you need for those. And if you don't know how to do that, I'll also put a link on that page. Um, and in the show notes to a video that you can download, and I will walk you through that, um, how to kind of break that down. Um, and it's me doing math, you know, which is a little comical, always a treat. <laughs> but <laughs> I we will get through it together, I promise. So all you have to do is, you know, grab a piece of paper, a calculator and a pencil and I will I will show you how to determine those ratios. Um okay, my friends, well, I hope that you found today's um show interesting and helpful and maybe a little bit eye-opening and so your assignment is to get out there And just be aware of your protein and make sure you're getting enough and make sure you're choosing, um, you know, sources of protein where you get the most amino acid utilization. And also, um, you know, it's important to choose high quality sources of protein. So since we're talking about animal proteins today, you know, the best sources would be, um, would come from things that, you know, eat what God put in nature for them to eat, you know, so getting pastured eggs and grass fed beef and pastured poultry and wild caught fish, you know, um, all of those things really high quality animal proteins. So you know, get the best that your budget will allow. And um, get that protein, eat it well, feel great. And as always, if you have any questions, please let me know. I appreciate so much you spending this time with me today. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon.